Tell my message, I'm continuing to speak to us about unless you do your part, it won't get done. And today I want to speak to all the mothers. Unless mothers, unless you don't do your part, it won't get done. There is a great role for you to play in society. Speaking to every single day, we're emphasizing mothers today, we're emphasizing women today. But God's word is for every single person in this place. Every man, every woman that is, that is here today, God's word is for us all. Although we're emphasizing a little bit more on mothers today. John chapter 12 verse 24, the Bible says, Most assuredly I say to you, Unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. So we're speaking about unless you do your part. Jesus said unless he didn't do his part, unless he didn't fall into the soil of God's kingdom, his purpose for being sent would have, would have remained alone. I want you to listen to that. I want you to repeat that this morning. He said unless a grain of seed falls in the ground and dies, it remains alone. I want to say to you today what Jesus said it himself. That unless he doesn't fall into the soil of God's kingdom, the reason why he was sent would remain alone. And I want to say this to every mother in this place, every woman in this place. You've been sent on this planet. God decided to make you a female. Amen. You love couples, they, 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 they have the gender reveals and they say, I want a boy, I want a girl. Well, the Bible says God predetermines you before the foundation of the world. God decides to which channel you'll arrive on this planet. But I want you to know today that unless you don't fall into the soil of God's kingdom and take your rightful role as a mother, the job won't get done. There is a specific role for you. There is a specific purpose that why you have been birthed as a woman, as a female, to become a mother. Amen. Because every female is, is, is being created and designed to become a mother. Can you say amen this morning? So unless the mothers and spiritual mothers of society will not fall into the ground of their godly purpose and their godly design and their societal roles, Many husbands, many children, many families, many churches, even in the corporate marketplace will remain alone. There are people yearning for the touch of a mother. There are people yearning for the, the conversation with a mother. There are only certain things that a mother can say to a child or to a son that, that, that has an impact that a man can't say. There are certain roles a father plays. And that's what that's, we're going to leave that for Father's Day. But I want to say to you, there's a role that a father plays. But then there is the role that the mother plays. And until you don't step up and step out and say, I'm going to take up the responsibility to be a mother in my generation. It's not going to get the job done. I believe there is a young generation, a, a, a generation that is crying out for motherhood. And you might not be that person's physical mother at, the, at your place of employment. But you've got a role to play, woman of God. You've got a role to play to spiritually impart into a young generation that is crying out for acceptance all the time. So Romans 8.19, the Bible says the entire universe is standing on tiptoe yearning to see the unveiling of God's glorious sons and daughters. So the Bible says the creation is constantly yearning, looking for the revelation, the revealing of, of God's sons and daughters who will eventually become mothers and fathers. So in this current time in society, I believe that the role and purpose of mothers in the natural and mothers in the spirit has never been more under attack than it is right now. I mean, the spirit of the world wants to make females equal to males in every facet of society and in their function. I mean, science is even going as far as to get men to fall pregnant. I don't know if you've noticed, just check on social media. You're starting to see these adverts where men are now uh, are talking about being pregnant. I'm not sure how that even works. Maybe it's just the guy just have too much pizza. Maybe he hasn't been in the gym and he thinks he's pregnant. Uh, maybe he's just got to get into the gym and lose his stomach a bit. Maybe it's a fake pregnancy. I don't know. But what I do know is science is trying to, to swap the roles 
that, that God has put into, into, his, into His Word. Amen. And although the physical injustices, and I fully agree, and the economic discrimination against women of the past has needed to be addressed, so when it comes to a woman's ability to earn money and to run corporations and to lead in the church or lead in government, those things needed to be addressed. And I agree with those. Because there's no, there's no difference between a woman's intellect and a man's intellect. In actual fact, if you look at Jesus' ministry, much of his ministry was surrounded by women. Because if you want to get the job done, give it to a woman. Amen. They get it done a lot easier. And all the brothers said, well, you missed a good place to say amen. And be in your wife's good books today. But I want to say to you today, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying that, that uh, you know, uh, everything is wrong when a woman steps up and steps out. I believe that the, 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 the gender-based violence, I believe all these things have to be addressed. There's nothing worse than a, a daughter or a, or a woman being abused by a man. And I say we have to address those things. I'm glad that women are given more place in the corporate marketplace to earn more money. I agree. All those injustices of the past have had to be addressed. Because a woman's role is not just to fall pregnant and get married and to, you know, bear the children and to stay at home all day. No, you can have big dreams, woman. You can have big dreams, mothers. You can still play a massive role in, this, in society. So don't sell yourself short. Amen. And you need to pray for your husband. If you've got a husband that's putting a lid on you, amen, pray that your husband will lift the lid off of your dreams so you can also dream big dreams. Come on, say amen, ladies, in the house this morning. So God created a female to bear children and become a mother. And as much as He said to Abraham, I will make you a father of many nations. So the purpose of God doesn't change. Although societal injustices need to be addressed, God's word and God's purpose for a woman doesn't change. God created you a certain way in order to fulfill a certain function in society. Genesis 1.27, the Bible says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. So notice, the Bible doesn't speak about man in the sense of male. He says God created man, mankind. And he made them male and female. Then God blessed them. Notice God blessed them. And God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. So I don't say, I'm not putting, this is no pressure statement for you to fall pregnant or for you to have children or if you maybe couldn't have children. It's not a loaded statement. But I want you to notice that God's word, God's order says that He created a man and a woman to be together, to procreate and for a woman then to become a mother. It's the purpose of God. It's the, it's the progression of God for you to, to, be a, to be born as a female, then to, to get married and then to, to birth children to become a mother because there is a certain role that a mother plays on this, on this planet. Now notice the Bible goes on to say in Genesis 2.18 And then the Lord God said, It is not good that a man should be alone. Amen. All the brothers said, We are quite useless, like I said, without woman. Amen. I can say amen to myself because we are quite bad when we're by ourselves. And the Lord God said, it's not good that a man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. So God creates everything on this planet and he says it's good. But one of the things that he said it's not good is for man. That means man, male and female, to be alone. And so I want to speak to all of the young ladies in the house today to say to you, don't put yourself under any pressure. If you are 23 and you haven't met Rambo yet, just relax. Amen. El Capote, it's a Dexel. Amen. Uh, you'll find the right guy at the right time. Don't start making desperate decisions, amen, and taking the first guy that comes along because you think that you're not going to find a husband. Relax, amen. You're going to find the right guy. You pray that guy in. Pastor, but I don't see the right guy in church. Well, maybe the Lord hasn't opened up your eyes yet to see the guy that's sitting right uh, two chairs down or three chairs down, amen. Because rather find a man in the house of God, amen, than in the nightclub or in the pubs or in the bars and think you're going to change him. Come on, ladies. We're not desperate, amen, to find a husband. God has got the right man for you in the right time. Can you say amen? But the Bible said it's not good that man should be alone. 
This is what the Bible said. Unless a woman, a female, who, 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 who can be a spiritual mother and a natural mother, unless she doesn't fall into the soil of God's kingdom and say to herself, I'm going to step up and I'm going to step out and I'm going to take responsibility to be a mother, a spiritual mother in God's house. There are many women in this place this morning and your role is as much important as a physical mother. You have to step up. There are many people, when a, when a person becomes born again, Listen to your Bible. When a person becomes born again, they are babes in Christ. They need spiritual mothers. Who's going to walk them through? You might have been saved for 10 or 15 years, and you might only be 30. But you can be a spiritual mother to a young person who's just become born again. Who's going to guide them in the ways of God? Who's going to teach them to plant themselves in the local church? Who's going to teach them how to pray? Who's going to teach them how to to, uh, show commitment and dedication, tenacity? A young spiritual mother. So you have to step up to the plate. I want to say to you today, don't write yourself off. Don't think less of yourself. Amen. Because you can play a massive role and you are called to play a massive role in society. So notice what the Bible says in Judges 5 verse 7. He said, village life ceased. It ceased in Israel until I, Deborah, arose, arose a mother in Israel. So the Bible says at one time in Israel, there was a shortage of leadership. There was a shortage of motherhood. And the Bible said until Deborah did not arise, village life ceased. That's what happens. When a woman doesn't step into a rightful place, village life ceased. The city ceases from operating when a woman disappears from society. You've got a certain touch in your hand that is God-given. When a man touches something, he touches it differently. When you touch it, it's a different touch. Amen. We can't replicate that. God put it into you. You are a woman. You are designed to be a mother. And the Bible said when Israel lacked uh, leadership, Deborah said, well, if the men won't stand up, I'm going to stand up. And when she arose, the Bible said village life uh, was rekindled again. I believe there are certain homes, there are certain places in the marketplace where you have been being silent about your motherhood and it's time for you to arise again. It's time for you to put your hand back on your family. It's time for you to arise again and put your hand back at your work in the marketplace. When you go to work in the day and you see these youngsters making dumb decisions, step, call them into the coffee, into the tea room and say, hey, let me speak into your life. You've got a role to play, mothers. Don't be silent in the marketplace. Don't be silent in the house of God. Help this young generation, amen, discover themselves. Come on, you've got a massive role to play this morning right there in West Coast, right there in your homes today. Come on, mothers, I want to speak faith into you this morning. You've got a massive role to play, amen. You've got a huge role to play. You have to arise, amen. So until the mothers don't arise, village life will cease. Then he goes on to say, he says, it's not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. I don't know, I'm a man and I'm a male, so I don't know what it's like to be a female, but I could think to myself, if I was a young girl and my parents told me that the Bible says, or my mother and father told me, look, to, look forward to a great destiny, you're just going to be a little helper of your little husband all day. I wouldn't look forward to marriage, I can say that as a man. If you tell me, all you're going to be is a helper to your husband, like Santa Claus who has the little elves and they help him make all the presents in December. I don't know if I'm going to look forward to that uh, quite as much as what uh, that, that, that word helper says. But if you understand the Hebrew meaning to that word, it doesn't mean like I help you make the supper and I help you wash the dishes and I help you clean the house and I, I'm just your little helper. Because many men read it like that. In days gone by, and thank God society is changing. 
But years ago, I mean, a woman had no voice. A woman had no say. I mean, she was raised just to be in the house. She was raised just to make sure that everything runs. And there is a place for that. You're, you have to still do that. And men, we, we co-parent these days, which is all good. But I want to understand that that word helper in the Hebrew, it means Eza, E-Z-E-R, Eza Kenechto. That's what that word means in Hebrew. And that word actually means sustainer of life. That's what the real meaning of that word means. It's not like a little helper, like, mark my course, mark my clearer, strike my clearer. No. I mean, like most men say, you know, I, I wear the pants in the house after I've ironed it. Amen. That's how they, I have, I have the right to be the head of the house because my wife gave me the permission. Amen. So I do understand that. But I want to say to you today, don't, don't, try, don't be a woman and be intimidated about your sexuality. When I say intimidated, don't try and compete with a man. Because it's not, that's, not, that's not what we're trying to do. The world's trying to get the, a woman to compete with a man. But you're not called to compete with your husband. You're called to complete your husband. I want to say that to you. It's, it's together. We are, we're a team. We, we co-laborers. There is a certain role in the house. I'm not sure in your house, but in my house, uh, my wife has quite a lot of freedom. But when there's a noise outside, she doesn't get up and walk there and uh, flex her biceps. She calls me. Why, why, why are we good for that role? I mean, well, if, if there is any intruder, let him take the first shot. I understand that. But why is it when, when there's a threat, you call the husband? I mean, but yet when in the marketplace, you think, well, stand back. I don't need a man. No, there's certain roles we play. And we're going to talk into that in, in, in a few weeks time in Father's Day because there's a massive role that men play. But I want to say to you, don't allow the spur of the world to jump onto your mind or onto your life or onto your, onto, onto your understanding of who you are. You've got exactly the amount of ability to in the marketplace to earn more money than a man. And if you study hard and you work hard and you understand who you are, you can, you can, you can live a great career out there. That's not the issue. My point is there is a certain role. When you come home at night, do you understand what the Spirit of God wants from you versus the Spirit of the world? Don't try and compete with your husband because your husband, there is a question that he asks himself every day. Have I got what it takes? And there is a, a question a woman asks herself every day of her life is, am I beautiful and will I be rejected? And when you think you're not beautiful, don't, don't let society define who you are. You don't let Instagram define who you are. You don't have to be an influence on Instagram to be, to be liked. You need to be influenced by the Holy Spirit. You have to be influenced by the Word of God. Young woman, learn what it is, I mean, to be a praying young woman. Learn what it is to be a young woman of purity, amen. And I say that respectfully, not because you are sitting here today because you are bad. But you don't have to flaunt your flesh on social media to be liked by people. You keep your, your clothes on on social media. If you've got a social media influence or a social media platform, that's good. But show it for the purposes of God. Show it for how your, your, light, your life is being a light. We don't need to see you in a bikini to, to like you more. We like you with all your clothes on. Amen. Keep yourself for your husband one day in the, marriage, in the marital bed. Take your clothes off for your husband one day when you get married. Can you say amen this morning? Because what you post on social media stays on social media. Amen. So be careful what you put out there. I'm not trying to, to, to tell you not to be on social media. I'm saying to you, you don't have to be liked by people's opinions. Because the Bible said God created them male and female. You are created in the image of God. God loves you the way you are. You don't have to become some social experiment out there of some male uh, putting his, 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 his uh, unsaved, uh, perverted eyes on you and then telling you all kinds of things and he breaks you down in your, in, your, in your DMs and all these things and you're living this life of battle and life of struggle. Stop putting yourself out there. I want to speak to somebody today because you are not what social media says you are. You are who God says you are. Amen. You are who God says you are. You are wonderfully and fearfully made. You are beautiful. You are the apple of God's eye. Amen. You don't have to be some kind of social experiment out there. 
God made you the way you, that you are. Yes, sure, we can always work on our physiques, get fitter, get healthier, all these things. But who you are is who you are. Amen. I always tell you, God blessed me with big nostrils. That's why I've ran six, two ocean half marathons. Because I suck in more oxygen than the average guy out there. Amen. So you can nip it and tuck it and cut it. And you can do all those things you want. But all that's going to happen is you're going to have a permanent smile on your face. You're going to walk like this all the time. And you can't be unhappy when you, because you've pulled your face back. Looks like you're driving in the wind all the time. So you can do all those things. But it doesn't make you any prettier, any nicer. Because we like you just the way you are. Can you say amen this morning? So the Bible says, I will make him a helper, a sustainer of life. Because unless you are in society, mothers, unless you are in society, life cannot be sustained. You sustain society. You sustain this, the church. You sustain so many aspects of your life. You don't think so because I just got a job. I go to work to earn a salary. No, the Bible said God made a woman, a female, what? To be an ezekinechto. He made you to be a sustainer of life. Because a man cannot sustain a child in the womb. I don't know if you've noticed. You can. You have the ability. When conception takes place and you carry that child, that potential life into this world, a man can't do that. We don't know what you go through. It still boggles my mind. I still can't get my brain around the fact that there's nothing one day, conception takes place, a seed is sown, and then this bone bone starts growing in the womb of a woman, and a few months later, he has this living human being that looks just like the mother and the father. It doesn't make sense to my mind. God is incredible. But you have been given that right to carry that life. Amen. You, I can't do that. We can't do that. And something, because God, God prepares you, I believe, in those nine months. God shifts you from being a single young woman to becoming a mother. You don't even realize it. All those uh, chocolate cravings, all those things. I mean, it's God getting all that single nonsense out of you so you can become a good mother. And I, I mean, we've been through those crazes, ice cream and chocolates. And I mean, my wife, I had a bruise on my head a few times when she used to turn in the bed. She was eight months pregnant and she turns and then she bounces and I hit the ceiling on this side. I said, honey, you're carrying a lot of weight there. You understand? I mean, Sharon picked up a lot of weight when she was, when she was pregnant and she lost it all afterwards. It's, I don't know, it's God. He puts it in you. There's something that you've got to, you've got to carry. You've got to, you've got to carry light. You're a sustainer of life. Then when that child is born, a man hasn't got the ability to breastfeed. It's a God thing. You have. You've been given that ability to sustain life. Amen. You're a sustainer of life. You've, you've got an incredible role to play. Don't write yourself off. Don't think that you, you just yeah by accident. No. You've got an incredible role to play. We can't sustain life like a mother can. I've got three kids and they're all adults now. But I know when they were small, they used to run to their mother when they, got, when they kicked their toe. There's something about running to a mother that you can't run to a father. Because we've got a different role to play. We've got a different question to answer. We've got a different function to, to fulfill. So you have an incredible role. Now put that in the spiritual realm. Think about a young person that you are walking with at work that's unsaved. You're busy praying that person. Paul said, I'm, I'm trying to see Christ formed in you. I'm in labor pains to see Christ formed in you. There is a young person at work, could be a man, could be a woman, that God puts on your heart and you start to stand in the gap for that person. You have to birth that person into their salvation. Like I told you, my mother, she birthed me into salvation. I mean, I used to come home at 3 o'clock in the morning, 4 o'clock in the morning, 5 o'clock. When I had a bad weekend, I'd come home and my father would be mowing the lawn for the next day. And I was still in work clothes from the previous day. i just give him a high dad, saunter pass, fall on my bed. And then woke up, wake up like at 3 o'clock in the afternoon with a big hangover and think my family is just going to look after me to find there's a praying mother at the foot of my bed and she's thrown the duvet off of me 
And I'm saying, Ma, give my duvet back. And she says, no. And all she does, she walks in my bed. It makes no sense to me. I'm unsaved. I can't see spiritual things. I'm unsaved. I'm rebellious. I'm in the world. But then there's this mother. And she stands and she starts to pray. Surely what she was also binding a few demons there. I understood that as well. Satan, I rebuke you. I said, oh, now you're calling me Satan. Now she was rebuking, she's rebuking me. And the thing, the spirit that was on me. Because when the world grips hold of your child, amen, don't fight your child. Our battle is not flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of the outer darkness. If you don't know how to pray, young woman, if you don't know how to pray, mother, how are you going to pull down strongholds if you can't pull them down in your children's lives? And so my mother started to pray. Quit, quit. I just want to sleep. I've got a hangover. And she's praying in tongues. And she walks out and she leaves me. Months went by. Eight years took me to get saved. But I had a praying mother. And I say this to you. There are certain people you've invited them to church and they don't make a decision or you think your kids or you think, well, you know, God hasn't got hold of them. Hey, you have to sustain that life for nine months like a, like a woman carries a child for nine months you have to birth those children those spiritual children you have to stand in the gap for your children you have to know how to pray in the Holy Ghost you have to know how to pull down strongholds when your husband is out there in the marketplace fighting for, for his business or he's out there you need to know how to stand in the gap for your husband don't fight your husband answer your husband's question your husband's asking himself every day of his life, do I have what it takes? You are the one who's going to answer that question. You need to get home and say, hey, honey, we've got this. We've got this. God's put us together. I'm not your enemy. I'm not your, 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 the devil. You're not the devil. We're a team together. Come on. We are co-laborers in Christ. But you've got a role to play, mother. You've got a role to play, woman. You've got a role to play. Who is there at your work? Who is there in your family that's unsaved? You birth them. You birth them in the Spirit. You carry them in the Spirit. Amen. Until Christ is formed in them. Come on. If you believe that this morning, give Jesus a shout of praise all over this place. Hallelujah. Come on, woman. Come on, mothers. You need to do your part. If you don't do your part, it won't get done won't get done don't abort that spiritual child don't give up on that spiritual child because they're not responding we've just been through a family uh, premature birth in our family as well and uh, there was a few complications and the child had to be born early and suddenly there was a few complications and so we started to pray we were driving back from the airport and I said to Sharon phone them we phoned them we prayed for them in the hospital we just started to pray. We, 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 we call the things that aren't as though they are. Now, I'm not saying this in every situation, but that's what we call to do. The first thing we do is we go to prayer. The first thing we do is we speak life. Yes, we understand those things happen. Many things might happen on the journey of, of pregnancy, but what we do is we have got this responsibility. Once the, the news comes into our hands, we've got two responses. We can either ignore it or we can stand in the gap. Now, if you don't know how to do that, you need a spiritual mother. You need to come to spiritual prayer. That's what I always say to the, to the elderly in the church. I'm glad to see that our intercessory ministry is growing the way it's growing. I'm glad to see it's a combination of old and young. Because that's what you do as a mother. You don't birth a child and leave the child over there until they're adults. You, you change the nappies. You breastfeed. You nurture. You carry. You love. You calm. You do everything. That's what you're called to do. So in the, spirit, in the church, it's exactly the same. You need to see how a, a spiritual mother prays. 
and spiritual mothers, you need to demonstrate that to them. You need to challenge some of these young girls in the church and young women in the church and say, come on, I don't see you at intercessory prayer. Come, I want to invite you. Come to intercessory prayer for three months. We're going to birth something in you. And you watch. A lot of the things that you think are issues now, they will disappear. Because the Bible said God reveals His purpose to us through the Spirit. And sometimes we're all in our mind, we're all in our head. We've got to raise up a young generation who, who understands how to labor what is that i don't know i couldn't do that years and years ago but god birthed in me you shall receive power when the holy spirit comes upon you and you shall be a witness to me in all the nations of the world until the ends of the earth in judea and samaria but we have to raise up a spiritual generation there is a spirit of the world that wants to tell you what's right and what's wrong there's a spirit of the world that wants to tell you what that 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 your gender is x or y whatever it is i mean i see now some of the instant Instagram, uh, uh, Instagram. I see you in your, in your bio now. You can put there what is your gender pronoun. I don't know what you want to put there, but the last time I went to the toilet and looked, or I showered, I looked, I was a man. The last time I looked, my wife was a woman. I don't know. That's that's how. That's I don't know what else they can be. I mean, I don't know. Is there is there a digital something? Is there a cyber something? I don't know. But I know God created us a certain way. So don't get confused with the spirit of the world. Why did the spirit of the world come upon you? And now you start to get scientific with God. Or you try to get all philosophical with God. I don't get all of some philosophy from some person who's unsaved. Amen. I want to say that to you. We're not against the unsaved. We are there to see everybody saved. But don't confuse God's order. God's got a specific order. And God's called you to be a woman and then a mother. A physical mother and a spiritual mother. And you walk those children through their process. Amen. You nurture them. You raise them up to be great men and women of God. So come on, young lady. Come on, young man. I want to say to you today, who is mentoring you? Paul said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. So can somebody imitate your life? If a young woman comes to you with a challenge in her life, are you able to walk her through a process? Can you help her to come out the other side spiritually? Can you say to her, I'm going to walk you through a process. I'm going to, I'm going to walk. We're going to meet every single morning or once a week. We're going to meet. I've told you before when my business was in trouble years and years ago, when I, was, I didn't know what to do, the first thing we did was we resorted to prayer every Wednesday morning. We'd pull down that stronghold of debt. We'll pull down that stronghold of a lack of customers. We'll pull down that stronghold because the thief comes only but to steal, kill, and destroy. So you don't define yourself by people's opinions. You don't define yourself by what people tell you on social media who don't care anything for you. You define yourself by the Word of God. But if you don't know the Word of God, and God is spirit, and the true worshipers worship God in spirit and truth. Amen. So we're not flaky. We're not Al Flaco. We're not Mr. and Mrs. Al Flaco, where everything is now spiritual. I told the church in Cape Town North last week, when I got saved, I was saved a few weeks, and we had a woman in our church, and every time in the praise and worship, she'd walk to the front of the church, and she'd stand on her one leg like the karate kid. Now, work it out. I've still got half the world in me and half of Christ in me, and I'm trying to work out, what is the flamingo stance here? I'm not sure. And she'd do like the karate kid. And I thought to myself, this is nuts, man. This is going to chase me away from the church. So don't become Al Flaco. Are you here this morning? Christ is very real. He said, suffer not the children to come unto me. The children ran to him. They sat on his lap. People were attracted to Christ. He was a normal, natural guy. He spat in the sand to heal a blind guy's eyes. (sighs) That. He did that. Amen. Really? Yes. Jesus was very practical. He didn't, he didn't have, it wasn't Al Flaco. No, don't spiritualize everything to over-spiritualize it. The Bible says God reveals things through the Spirit. That means you're driving your car 
and you're just driving down the road and suddenly, bam, you get this thought. It's the Spirit that birthed that thought in you. Why? Because we were praying. We were pulling down the strongholds. Amen. Because our battle is not flesh and blood. This is not a, a soulish sojourn. When you become born again, God is Spirit. Not El Flaco, God is Spirit. That means we can't see Him. But He's, He's omniscient, omnipresent. He's with us all the time. The Bible said the Spirit of God is like the wind. We don't know when, when it starts. Look at Cape Town. One day you can't walk in the wind. The next day it's calm. Why? Because that's the, the Bible says the Spirit of God is the same. One day he blows strong. The next day he's silent. Why? Because he, he decides what he wants to be when he wants to be. But what we do is we walk in the Spirit. How? We just walk. But if you don't know how to walk in the Spirit, you need a spiritual mother who has to birth you in the Spirit. You can't just be some, do something great for God outside of being birthed. Uh, we've got three kids, like I said to you. They're adults today, but we've, it's taken us, and so we're still busy parenting them until we release them into, into marriage. But we don't just discard them when they're 12 or 15 or 18. No, we keep walking them through the process. Amen. Then we have to teach them. When they become married and have children, they've got to now take those same children and raise them up. It's the progression of God. So are you able to pray in the Spirit, young lady? Are you able to understand? Can you labor in the Spirit? Have you been through an all-night prayer session? Can you, can, you, can, you, can you go to your knees and can you, when your children go through crises, when there's, when, there's, when there's challenges in your family, do you start to become pedantic? Do you panic? Do you want to uh, uh, throw in the towel? Or are you able to say, no, I've been here before. I know what this is like. We're going to stand on God's Word. Come on, we're going to pray. We're going to pull down that stronghold. We're going to believe God. Why? Because you've been birthed in the Spirit. Are you here this morning? So being a mother... It's a call of God. In the church, we have, to, we have to pray that the mothers will rise up. Amen. There are men out there today that doubt themselves. I told you three weeks ago when I preached in Pretoria, I was reading a, a statistic a while back where they say that South Africa, not a stat we can be proud of. It's got the second highest suicide rate in the world. This country. It's got the second highest suicide rate in the world. That means at some point someone said, I don't think I should be here. I'm out. And God said you should be here. So still God doesn't say it's over. It's not over. But people think it's got to be over. And here's the scary statistic. 85% of those suicides are men. That means men are losing more hope than women 60% of the time. 85%, 15% women. What I'm trying to say is not that women don't go through, through stress or strain. But I'm saying men get to the point where they are so despondent they feel it's not worth it. And I believe that if we have an understanding of a generation that understands, I've got to stay in the gap for my husband. I've got to stay in the gap for my son. Because the only reason why the thief would want you to end your life is he tried to get Christ to end his life. Read your Bible. He comes to Jesus and he says to him after a 40-day fast, he says, if you are the son of God, if you are so-called who you say you are, then jump off this cliff. Surely the angels will catch you at the bottom. He tried to get Christ to commit suicide because the Bible said he's a liar. He's a thief. He's the father of all lies. And, when you, and the first thing you have to look for in your life is, is he isolating you? When is the last time? Are you, are you a little bit afraid to get, go into home cells or come to church or go to public places or open up about what you're battling? That's what he does. He wants to get you to a place of silence. He wants to get to a place of isolation. So be careful what you start to listen and to hear on social media. Because the enemy will use those things just subtly. He just, he's, he's very subtle. He just throws it at you like this all the time. And he isolates you. 
That's why you need mentorship. You need accountability, not control. So if somebody phones you and says, hey man, we haven't seen you in a while in church, don't get agitated, rejoice that someone had took the time to look for you. Because the Bible said when God came to look for Adam in the garden, he came to look for, when the, when the prodigal son was lost, the Bible said the father looked for him. When is he coming home? When is he going to stand in his rightful place? When will he report for duty and say, hey, I am who God says I am. I'm not going to listen to the lies of the enemy any longer. Amen. Because your circumstance is not your destiny, young man. You might be going through certain valley periods right now. That's not your destiny. You keep walking through the valley of the shadow of death. You walk through that valley. You stand straight up. And woman, you stand in the gap. And you help him spiritually to walk through that valley. You stand in the gap. You see your son. You see your husband. You start to pull down that stronghold. I bind the thought of suicide. I speak to you, my husband. You are strong. You are, you are strong. You are able. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You call your husband by name. You stand in the gap and you pull down that thought of quitting. You are not going to quit, young man. You are not going to end it right now. You've got a great destiny. There are spiritual mothers who are praying for you. But you stand in the gap. If you're in a home cell, you pray for your home cell leader. You pray for those in your home cell. You've got to be birthed in the spirit. Come on. Give Jesus one more shout of praise all over this place this morning. Stay standing on your feet with me today. That's my introduction. Matthew 26, 10. Stand on your feet. Come on. There's a great anointing all over this place. God's doing a work. Some of you come to church and you're despondent. I'm here, but does anybody see me? told you before if I had a tattoo I don't have one I'm not against them I don't have one because you don't put a bumper stick on a Ferrari amen it's a joke it's a joke it's a joke it's a joke inbox me I'll cancel it's fine if you got a tattoo I'm just, I'm just, it was a joke I said if I had one I'd put one on me Jehovah El Roy the God who sees me E-L-R-O-I Elroy The God who sees me He sees you today He notices you young man He notices you young lady People might not notice you You think I need 50 million people to be seen <laughs> David was in the backside of a desert Minding his father's sheep Being faithful When no one was watching But the eyes of the Lord drummed to and fro To see his heart He stayed on him the Bible says we have the prophetic word, 2 Peter 1.19. The Bible says we have, have the prophetic word, which we do well to heed. And we keep that word until the morning star rises in your heart. Some of you are this close from seeing that breakthrough that you've been believing God for. You don't turn around now. You keep walking through this valley. On the mountaintop, in the valley. On the way up, on the way down, we remain a constant. We're not moved by the circumstances. We're not moved by the wind and the waves. We're not moved by the economy. We're not moved by the threats of viruses or the non-threats of viruses. We're not moved by threats of governments. We're not moved by threats of 
politics. We're not moved by what everybody says. We are moved by the Spirit of God. It's God's Word that moves me. I stand still. I stand on the rock. And I move when the Holy Spirit prompts me to move. Why? Because I'm Spirit-led. So if you're not going to feed yourself spiritually, how are you going to make it through this, this thing called life? If you're called to receive God's purpose for your life spiritually. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard. Nor enter the heart of man. The things which are laid up for those that love God. But the Bible says, but God reveals them to us by His Spirit. I know you don't feel like it's something. I don't feel like praying often. Because my flesh doesn't want to heal to my spirit. My flesh wants to be in control. And the spirit of the world will only feed your flesh. It's all it does. It just wants to feed your flesh. The Bible says, let no flesh glory in my presence. So that doesn't mean to say God isn't like you as a person. He made you. But God says, when you come to me, learn. Don't come to me bowed lowly, full of guilt, full of condemnation. But come to me. How? In the spirit. Sometimes it's not a deep travail. It's just, a, just walk in the supermarket, driving your car. That's weird. Now we're conversing. Now we're speaking. If you can't pray like that, the Bible says you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's a gift given to the Christian. It's given to the church. The world can't receive that. The enemy can't access tongues. That's why God gave it to us. He was cast down out of heaven to the earth. He no longer can understand spiritual things. He can't understand it. So we don't fight the devil. We resist the devil. How do you resist the devil? Go into tongues. Go into the place where God told us to go. Go into the war room. Go into that place. Where? Shilia, Sulia. The minute you go there, I can next for Stani. And you go there. Shulia, Sulia, Mbrubia, Babagu, Shalia. Zilia, Sulia, Mbragashulu. I will send you a helper, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit takes that prayer. Shelly asks, the cry of your heart, despondency. I've come to heal broken hearts. I've come to set the captives free. He takes that place, that valley place where you think there's no hope. And he takes that prayer of yours. And he's the Holy Spirit and he sends it. He's been sent. He's a helper. He takes it and he takes it to Jesus at the right hand of the Father. Jesus takes that spiritual prayer and he receives it he then gives it to his father his father answers that prayer jesus gives it back to the holy spirit and the holy spirit comes back to you and he says this is what god says that's how your christian journey works it's not only through a book you can read a book but god will confirm what he said in the book because he's a spiritual card oh yeah this morning let that weight let that shackle fall off you're not who social media says you are so come on, lift your hands for a few moments this morning. As we're going to close of the service, there is a great anointing in this place. Don't run from God this morning. I believe God is working in and through you. As I've been speaking, the service has taken a slight direction change, which is what God does. We're spirit-led. We don't stick to the notes. We stick to what heaven wants this morning. And I believe God is speaking to some of you, young people. Young lady, heal yourself this morning. Heal yourself. Give yourself over to him. Young man, give yourself over to him this morning. Not everything is here. Everything is here. And when you get when you get this sorted out, this makes sense. Amen. Thank you for listening to this powerful message. If your life was impacted in any way and you would want to connect to any of our CRC churches worldwide, 
then please go visit our website at crccapetown.co.za and click on the Plan a Visit tab. Thank you for listening.